Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim April 15th 2021 The importance of the wird A commentary on verses 27 and 28 of Surah Al-Baqarah by Sheikh Muhammad Fawzi Al-Karkari Qaddasallahu Sirrah Verse 27 reads Those who break the covenant of God after its solemn binding and sever what God has commanded should be joined, and do corruption in the land. It is they who are the losers. The Sheikh comments, In our tariqah, the covenant is the pledge that we made to God, the Prophet ﷺ, and his household. We pledged to recite certain litanies morning and evening, and the hizb of the Qur'an morning and evening. And in return for this pledge, God graced us with his light. We made a trade with God, offering our lives and possessions in return for the light of God. As Allah says, truly God has purchased from the believers their lives and their possessions in exchange for the garden. And in Surah Al-Fatih, God says, truly those who pledge allegiance to you pledge allegiance only to God. They pledge allegiance to the Prophet who is the shining lamp, the light of God. As a disciple, you came to pledge allegiance to the light of God. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whosoever breaks his oath breaks it only to his own detriment. And whosoever fulfills what he has pledged to God, he will grant him an immense reward. When the disciple reads this verse, or reads the Qur'an in general, he must consider it as it applies to himself personally. We came and pledged allegiance to God to recite certain invocations that we might behold his beauty, draw near to his names and attributes, and pass away in knowledge of his essence. That is what brought us here. This pledge was solemnly bound by the angels who bore witness to it, and by the sheikh who received it. You made a pledge between you and God, the Messenger and the descendant of the Messenger who represents his household. In return, God sealed the pledge by manifesting a sign and casting his light into your heart, the light of the heavens and the earth, and its likeness, the niche, al-mishkat, the lamp, al-misbah, the glass container, al-zujaja, and the glittering planet, al-kawkawudurri. You bore witness that you beheld the light of God and held to his covenant in your heart. However, there are some disciples who break the covenant of God. 
What does it mean to do so, to break with this light after beholding it? It happens because the manifold darkness of caprice, the soul, and the devil clothes you with confusion, so that you come to deny the vision of light that God gave you in return for your pledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And they sever what God has commanded should be joined. وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلْ First they break the covenant by neglecting their wird, which they pledged to recite. If you neglect the wird, the daily litany, and go on neglecting it, it will lead you into severing what God has commanded should be joined. You begin by telling yourself that these litanies are just voluntary worship, they're just supererogatory devotions, that you'll be rewarded for doing them, but you're not obliged to carry them out. Yet that is not true, for you are in a special circumstance. You pledged allegiance and took the covenant of God, and so the wird became an obligation for you. God kept up his side of the covenant and showed you the beauty of his light, and so you must keep up your end. But as time passed, perhaps a year or two depending on the strength of your saintly aspiration, you became lax about reciting your wird at the proper times which your sheikh prescribed for you. You began to contravene your pledge and break God's covenant, and you always found some excuse or other to do so, excuses provided by your soul, your caprice, or the devil. This negligence with your wird drew you on until you began to sever what God has commanded should be joined, becoming lax concerning God's laws in general. This is why the disciple must be careful to always hold to the pledge he gave to God regarding these litanies and keep to God's covenant just as God keeps to it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those who break the covenant of God after its solemn binding and sever what God has commanded should be joined and do corruption in the land, it is they who are the losers. The litanies that we prescribe to those who adhere to this tariqah are the istighfar, seeking forgiveness, the salat ala nabi or durud sharif, invoking blessings upon the Prophet ﷺ, the kalimatu tawheed, proclaiming God to be one, la ilaha illallah, and the hamd and shukr, giving praise and expressing gratitude or thankfulness to God. That is what we call the wird al-am the general litany, which the disciple pledges to God he will fulfill in return for beholding the light of God. But if you break this pledge by ceasing to recite these litanies, it is obvious that you have severed your tie to God. So there is no reason to hope for any warid, any inrush, or any madad, any replenishment, any inspiration from Allah Ta'ala. You cut the luminous rope lowered from lord to servant, which you weaved from these litanies. And so you become one of those whose protectors, as Allah says, are false deities that bring them out of the light into manifest darkness.
you turn towards darkness and follow the commandments of false deities of Tarut, treading in the footsteps of Iblis. They instruct you only to do things that sever your connection to God. You will neglect your duties and neglect your worship until you reach the level of corruption in the land. Al-Ifsad fil ard You'll turn away not only from the weird, the warid, and the madad, but also from the revealed law and from what God commands you to do. In our experience, most of those who abandon the weird and forsake its fruits end up abandoning the prayer too, the very pillar of the religion, as well as zakat, the alms tax, and fasting, for they have opened the door to hypocrisy in their hearts. When the hypocrite promises, as the Prophet ﷺ says, he breaks his promise, and when he is trusted, he breaks his trust. The one who abandons the weird does both of these, for he made a promise to God and broke it, and was entrusted with his light and turned away from it. The result is that sooner or later the light is taken back from him altogether, which is what he chose for himself when he turned away from it and he finds himself in a sea of darkness. He becomes one of the corrupt, not one of the righteous. You must search for your true place in the world, the people you belong with. They are the people of light. As Allah says, friends on that day will be foes to one another, save for the God-conscious. Who are these God-conscious friends? They are those who, quote, love one another, for the sake of God's light, not for the sake of ties of kinship or blood. The angels and the martyrs envy them, as the Prophet said. They love one another for the sake of God's covenant, the pledge they made that connects them to Him. But when you turn away from them and forsake their company, you follow the people of darkness and corruption. The further you get from the weird, the nearer you are to the footsteps of Iblis, the further from God's light, and the nearer to the darkness of false gods. This is an unavoidable truth. It is they, as Allah says, who are the losers. They've lost their covenant, their connection with God. To break this covenant is to lose both in this life and the next, for you lose your connection with the light that God calls Nuru Samawati Wal Ard, the light of the heavens and the earth. Wherever you go on earth or in heaven, you will be one of the losers. It says in verse 28 of Surah Al Baqarah, How can you disbelieve in God when you were dead and He gave you life? Then he shall cause you to die, and then he shall give you life, and then to him you shall be returned. The Sheikh comments. How could you disbelieve after pledging allegiance? and entering this covenant, and seeing with your own eyes and fulfilling the first pillar of Islam, 
the pillar of I bear witness that there is no God but God. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. I witnessed the oneness of my Lord in my heart when I came to see his light at all times and knew that he is near me and with me. When this light set, I did not love to see it set, so I strove to keep my covenant with the light of the Lord and to fulfill the first pillar. And I witnessed the light of the Prophet of God وسلم, with my eyes, beholding him as the Lord described him, Siraj and Munira, an illuminating lamp, whose light remained with me at all times. The light of my insight became one with the light of my eyes. My inner vision united with my exterior vision, so that what I beheld with my heart, I beheld with my eyes too. And I saw my Lord's proximity with my heart, and my Prophet's proximity with my eyes. For the light of God cannot be seen as it truly is, but he gave us a likeness of it in the form of this illuminating lamp, this Siraj Munir. How can you disbelieve? For in reality, to break the covenant and turn one's back on the light can only be described as kufr, as disbelief. When you are, quote, dead and he gave you life, then he shall cause you to die. This tells us that in the beginning we were dead, for we could not see the light of God. Hence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the one who was dead, and then we gave him life and appointed for him a light by which to walk among mankind. How then could you disbelieve in the vision of his light and self-disclosure? We were dead, and then God gave us life through beholding his light, and we saw how he is with us and near us. Then he shall cause us to die, for we will come to know how everything we see is annihilated and non-existent, existing only through the one who existentiates it. We will understand that the heavens and earth are in truth nothing other than light, not only as a piece of information that we know, but as an experience that we see firsthand. Then Allah says, And then He shall give you life through beholding the light that He casts into your heart with the likeness He gives to it until it becomes a glittering planet which we see in all things in the measure of our nearness to God. Some see it before all things. Some see the thing first and then realize the light of God in it. Some are annihilated to the thing and subsist with their Lord alone. These are the three levels, three stations upon the path. Some see the thing first, the veil of form, and see it as a created being before them. Then they return to the light of God that he casts into their hearts, and it reflects upon their sight so that they see the glittering planet shining forth in the thing. Others see the light after the thing. They see the object first as before, but this time the light that reflects upon their sight is so bright that they only see it and the object crumbles and disappears. Still others see the light before the thing. They're always present with their Lord. 
beholding his light, so that they have to make an effort to see the object, as though they have poor eyesight, because of how dominant the light of God is in them. They do not seek the light of God in things, they seek things in the light of God. This is a lofty, rare station, reached only by those who are true to the covenant with their Lord, and strive with remembrance and prayer, night and day. These stations were alluded to by our master Ibrahim Every time the likeness of God's light sets before him, whether a planet, a moon, or a sun, he said, I love not things that set. He wanted the light to remain with him always and never set. So those who are near to God, those whom he causes to die to their own souls, see the universe and its contents as imaginary and void of existence, mere illusions printed upon our minds and hearts so that we take them to exist, though in truth they do not. Only those who are far from God see them as real, as nature that created itself spontaneously. Those who are near to God see them as annihilated. All that is upon it is annihilated, is perishing, is passing away. Yet there remains the face of your Lord in its majesty and bounty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then he shall give you life, and to him you shall be returned. So to begin with, we were dead, and then he gave us life by showing us the light of God in all things. Then he made us die to those things, and he removed them from us while retaining his light, and we realized the edict of the Prophet ﷺ who said, Mutu qabla an tamutu, Die before you die. Then he gives us life again, so that we return to things and flow through them with the light of God, walking with our feet upon the earth and our heads in heaven. Then after giving us life, we return through each thing to our Lord. We annihilate the thing and remain with the Lord of the thing. So this is how it is in the tariqah. First, we tell the prospective disciple, the aspirant, to pray for guidance and to read the Wird for 40 days to see if he's able to do it and determine if he truly wishes to pledge allegiance for God's sake, not for any other reason. Once he has done this and becomes certain that it is the right path for him, he pledges allegiance. When he does, he sees the light of God, though people deny it and call it sorcery or the work of Satan. Yet, never does God tell us that Satan is light. He always describes him as dark. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As for those who disbelieve, their protectors are false deities that bring them out of the light into manifold darkness. Satan is dark in essence, and he takes people out of light into darkness. When God speaks of light, he speaks of the believers, the saints, the prophets, the righteous, and even himself. His very name is An-Nur, the light. How then could the light that you see when you seek God be from Satan? Or, if you would like an authentic hadith, then look to the one that Muslim narrates in his Sahih, in his sound collection, describing 
the Prophet's prayer on the way to the mosque. He says, Dear God, grant me light in my heart, my sight, and so on. Allahumma ja'al fi qalbi nura wa fi sam'i nura, and so on. The Prophet most certainly was not praying that he might behold Satan on the way to the mosque. See where evil thoughts may take you? God grant light in my sight. Allahumma ja'al fi basari nura. Grant that I may see by the light of God. Thus the Prophet said, Fear the perspicacity of the believer, for he sees by the light of God. You may argue that this is figurative light, a mere metaphor, not literal light. But then why did the Prophet say, And light to my right, and light to my left? As if he were saying, Lord, place me inside a circle of light or a pool of light and what is more change me with this light and make it infuse me and quote grant me light in my hair and my skin and my flesh and my blood and my bones and then make me light so that no part of me is lefted unillumined and finally once I've become light Magnify for me light, وعظم nura. Bathe my every motion and action in light. He, sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam, said this on the way to the prayer. For a salatu nur, prayer is light. Another authentic hadith. Yet some still say that the light that the disciple sees during the pledge is a trick of iblis, as if he has such power. If iblis had seen the light shining from Adam, he would have fallen down prostrate. But he was deprived of seeing this light, which God cast into the one he chose for himself, and taught him all of his names, Adam, our father. He commanded the angels to prostrate before him because of the sign they saw in him, the great tiding, which was the light that infused him. And they fell down to him as their own qibla. But instead of attempting to escape the sea of darkness in which you are, you would rather deny the light in others and even claim that Iblis is the one who has the light, as if God were the dark one. You say this without even realizing that it is what you are implying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Then he shall give you life. That is, he'll give you life with the light that you see in all things so that they all fall away and return to their Lord, who alone remains as if you were bearing witness to this verse and bringing it down upon yourself. Whose is the sovereignty this day? God's, the One, the Supreme. لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِ سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدُ كما صليت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على سيدنا إبراهيم وعلى آل سيدنا إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد